We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him Gandalf. Because like he's never early or late, he's always <laughs> at the right time. And my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. If y'all didn't quite get it, let me say it again, I'm state. Hello and welcome to The Uncontested, a podcast where we cover the NBA, OKC, Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and at our website, theuncontestedsports.com. I'm the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffin. Today, I am joined by the guy who thinks Schroeder's a better passer than Russ. Call me, I'm Robin. I want to end this season already. It sucks. I'm depressed. Uh, Mr. Oktoberfest, <laughs> Taylor Peterson. Oi, oi, oi. That's because you've been literally at Oktoberfest like all of October. Every time we're in the slack, <laughs> Taylor says, Just not got watching basketball right now. I'm at Oktoberfest. <laughs> and we are also That's joined by the newest member of the Uncontested, Justin Peabody. Justin? Right on to the real and death to the fakers. I was well, not I expecting that. For y'all. No? Ah, yeah. good. I like it. Well, uh, so everyone on this podcast is um, depressed and probably like either drinking or like medicating themselves uh, because the Thunder are now 0-3. Welcome to the 2018 season. We were all so ready for it, and uh, it did not go well. So we're going to talk about the first three Thunder games. 
we're going to talk about some stuff that's going on around the league, uh, including saliva. We've got some Twitter <laughs> questions that we're going to take. Right now. Do what? I said it's a big thing right now. It is. Uh, Spitgate. I want DNA testing. All right? I want it to happen. Yeah. Like. Yeah, we need some testing. And I also want to know like the what the velocity that spit comes out your mouth at so we can break that tape down more than Z- the Zapruder film. <laughs> All right. I think let's, this is a, a grassy knoll spitter. <laughs> let's start off talking about the Thunder. They got the season started last Tuesday out in Oracle Arena. We watched the Warriors get their rings for like half an hour. The game that began. The, the Thunder struggled early, made a push in the second half, uh, actually got the lead in the third quarter, and ha- had it very close and competitive in the fourth quarter down to like the final 40 seconds, but ended up losing to the Warriors, uh, the, the champs from last year, 108 to 100. Three nights later, the Thunder go up to, or I guess down to Los Angeles to play the Clippers and the, uh, the troll known as Bobon. That guy <laughs> freaks me out, dude. He's a freak of nature. It's like if, real life giant. If they like wanted to redo the Hobbit, they could just get him as the troll and like not have to put makeup on him. He's he's creepy. <laughs> he looking. looks like a glitch in two K. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, he's like went wrong, and you accidentally created this. It's as tall as the rim. That shouldn't be possible. Do you like? I, I tweeted this, but do you think his uh, his dong is like proportionate to his body, dude? Move on. Because <laughs> if so, on. that thing's like 12 inches long. All right, so the Thunder lost to the Clippers. Um, started off down 0-16. to 16, Dug themselves in an awful hole. Ended up fighting their way back. Found the lead in the third quarter. And then completely crapped it away in an absolutely horrific fourth quarter where they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. And they could not score a bucket. Uh, was definitely a winnable game. I think we all probably thought they were going to uh, to split that road trip. Uh, they turned around, came home tonight, Sunday night, played the Sacramento Kings, who are apparently the new Warriors because they score like yeah. 130 points a game uh, in their first three. Uh, the Kings get their first win winner. of the night, their first one of the night, first win of the season against the Thunder uh, here in Oklahoma City. I don't even have the, the final in front of me right now because I'm so sad. I don't want to look at it. A lot to not a lot. Yeah. A yeah. lot to not right. a lot. Um more specifically, 131 to 120. Um, the Thunder didn't shoot the ball well. They they missed like every three they took. Still, you put up 120 points on your home court against yeah. the Sacramento Kings. Right. That should be enough you, you to get you a win. Game. That should be enough to get you a win. Um, the Thunder just could not stop the Kings and more specifically could not stop Iman Shumpert to save their lives. Uh, it's insane. It was... So- it was pretty awful. So bef- I, I have some specific things I want to talk about, but before we get into that, just give me some of your, your overall thoughts so far, Taylor. Well, so uh, I just looked it up. Thunder shot 46 of 104 field goals tonight for 34%, where Sacramento shot 91 for basically 55%, 54.9%. Uh, and that's kind of what we've seen, I think, with this team is they cannot hit shots to save their lives. And we were hoping with Russ coming back that maybe somehow him setting shooters up, uh, that that would help a lot. And all their defense has been pretty mediocre, which is really surprising because we thought this was just going to be a 
you know, a fast athletic and a defensively sound team where it really hasn't been yet. They looked pretty good defensively against the Warriors. That was something that stood to me that I was happy about. As Kamiar brought up, um, not the, I mean, the Jazz are going to be good this year, and um, Denver's going to be good this year as well, but both of those teams, you know, came down to the final seconds against the Warriors uh, since that first opening night. The Warriors obviously aren't playing their best, so you know, how good defense were the Thunder even playing then on opening night? Um, I think those are the two big glaring holes right now for this team is uh, the defense – defensive inconsistencies and obviously the shooting and in, in, I can't even say inconsistencies, the lack of shooting in general. Uh, um, big. I did think tonight Russ did, uh, you know, he got shooters open. He got, got our players open. We had some really good looks. He set up everybody really well, but I mean, it doesn't matter if you don't have guys who can knock it down. So um, yeah. And the wing rotations, I guess it's something else that stuck out to me a lot. Um, big ham has got a lot of those minutes, which is really exciting because he's looked better and better leading up to today where he just looked awesome. But it's really interesting to me that with Ferguson playing so poorly, you know, all three of these games, guys like TLC and even Nate, or for that matter, haven't seen any playing time at all. When Deontay Burton comes in, we yeah, talked about Bur- this before. Burton Burn before TLC. That was uh, very surprising. Yeah. Very surprising. So I think Nader was in a suit three. tonight. He wouldn't even act. Yeah. He was yeah, one of the two actives tonight. Kind of interesting. So I think those are the the biggest glaring glaring things that have uh, stood out to me the most. Okay, very good. So um, let's uh, you mentioned it right there at the end. So let's talk about this first the the wing rotation that we've seen out of this team in the in the first three games. Um, is there anything that surprises you? Anything that uh, that doesn't surprise you that you kind of expected? Um, obviously, we knew Paul George was going to get a bulk of minutes at the wing. Um, but anything else, especially what you saw tonight a little bit with um, with Russ back and, and uh, Schroeder playing a lot of that, those minutes at the two, anything stand out to you that you've seen so far that you think is significant? That was a good point. Uh, I think, Justin, you tweeted this out today, how we saw the Schroeder-Russ lineup so early. And then yeah. from there, I mean, they played I, – I need to look – Look it up on NBA stats. I haven't gotten time to yet. Uh, I'm curious to see how many, how much minutes they got together uh, with Schroeder at the two. They played a lot more together than I was expecting. It happened early. It was, you know, the first sub in the first quarter. I think they brought Schroeder in alongside Russ. I was surprised to see that so early. It was one of those lineups you kind of, you know, you can concede Billy Donovan would trot out at the end of games. Uh, but to see that in the first quarter was surprising. And then, it, it, you know, he kept going back to it all throughout the game. And it makes you wonder if that'll stay the same once Robertson's back, or is this simply something that he's trying out uh, without having Robertson because our other options have not been so great? Uh, either way, I think they, you know, they struggled a little bit. I think they, they, they've got to find their footing, but they, they are learning how to play together for really the first time uh, in game minutes with Russ coming back. Uh, I think the athleticism, the speed, the playmaking is off the charts. Uh, it's a matter of kind of putting the pieces together and finding that consistency uh, and chemistry that can make that lineups than uh, the other teams would have to, have to account for. I, well, the rotations in general have been really interesting. Uh, like a note I have here that I, I jotted down during the game. Uh, obviously, we talked about the shooter and Russ playing together so early and so often, but like Steven played with the bench uh, some in that first quarter. I believe it, yeah, that first quarter, which is really interesting. And it, it 
Yes, it seemed like our best lineups were our, our all-bench lineups and then our all-bench lineup with Paul George in there as well. Um, but the rotation has definitely been, been unique for sure. I think that's the best thing about this team so far. And there's it's sometimes hard to write spots after these three games. But uh, the depth. we've you know yep. Everybody's been talking about the depth. But I think what you're saying, when you see those all-bench lineups, you kind of get to see that depth play out. Um, especially when Russ is back, you know, Schroeder is the most ridiculously overqualified backup point guard in the NBA right now. And you really get to see that when he's out there, uh, with a much deeper team than the Thunder have had in the past when you're not watching, uh, my beloved Raymond Felton slog around the court <laughs> for 20 minutes. Uncle Ray Ray. Did you say slide around <laughs> no, the court? Yeah. Uh, slog? Slog. 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 Okay. Awesome. Both of those words are fitting. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Kamiar, what do you think? I feel depressed. I feel like <laughs> I need to take some medication. It's it's really frustrating that, I mean, your first two games, okay, you don't have rust, that's fine. Like, it, I get it. It makes sense. Patrick then plays for like 16 minutes, but is then pretty soon yanked out for Jeremy Grant. If you're just going to do that and Grant plays nearly double the minutes, why not just start Grant? Uh, because when you have Grant and Noel in the game at the same time, there's really no floor spacing. And I know they use them at different times, but a lot of times on the floor together, like how many times do we see Grant get a corner three opportunity? And A, he shot the ball when he did, it was an air ball. Or B, he kind of just like does this weird like, Pump, he doesn't pump fake, but he kind of like shuffles his pivot foot, and then he just then drives and then misses the layup. So that's frustrating. You have TLC, who wasn't even heard of tonight. And I'm pretty sure Terrence Ferguson has, Terrence Ferguson has taken the, the title of GOAT. And in this phrase, GOAT is the bad one, the bad GOAT. Uh, 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 of Kyle Singler, because Singler was awful. Like he, he's, he's, he didn't belong on an NBA court. He looks good in Spain, though. And yeah. Ferguson, gosh, the guy through three games is terrible. Like he, he he looks really stiff. He can't defend well. Uh, he can't really get around screens. The kid has a weird jumper that doesn't go in. He apparently. I don't know. Can't do any put back. He can't make any basketball yeah. plays. It's no, uh, no confidence at all. Mystifying. Why well, wouldn't confidence either? But yeah. Billy Donovan is the only man in the world that has confidence in him. So he starts and he logs lots of minutes, and then it puts OKC behind the eight ball, and then magically you put Dior, and suddenly some guys stop. You know, they stop making so many jumpers. He gets around screens. He makes the plays that Terrence Ferguson should make. Uh, really mystifying, really frustrating. Do not get how Diallo is not starting by now. If he does not start on Thursday, yeah. I think there will be riots. Yeah. It'll be it'll be bad. Because, you know, Ferguson is what he is. Like, oh, well, I think Ferguson's just going to, you know, it's not his game. He's just going to get better when Russ gets back when he's shooting wide open threes. Well, I mean... And that he, happened today. He didn't I, get I, and I get it's a, it's a small sample size. Like, it's one game with Russ back, but holy crap. Get, get yourself together. To the, into the fact that the the patient was Ferguson, 
Diallo, Abrinas, no TLC, and straight to uh, Deontay Burton is really interesting to me. Very interesting. That's a good point. I forgot about See, they go out with a quote on. Don't yeah. know. I guess like is that keyword for like bloody lip or something like. But anyways, uh, hopefully that's not too serious, and we have him back Thursday because that'd be pretty big too. I, I think. Uh, Do you for think? Me... Sorry, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Uh, do you think it makes more sense to start a guy like Abrinas? So say you're, you know, you're not going to start Ferg anymore. Obviously, Robertson's not back yet. Uh, it just makes me start Diallo. Like I'm all in on the Diallo train. I tried to resist as long as I could, but tonight I'm like, I'm, I'm the conductor. You're ordering but, the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But uh, it just it makes me nervous to start a guy like that who's literally played three NBA games. So do you do you go to a guy like Abrinas, who seems to be improved this year on defense? He's still not good means, but he's better than he has been when you know they experimented with that a little bit last year. Uh, I feel like you could bring him in to start, hopefully get some offense rolling, get his shot going early, and then bring still bring Diallo off the bench and just, you know, leave T Ferg in the locker room, whatever you want to do with him. <laughs> Um, but I think True. just not trotting Diallo out there as a starter uh, might give him the ability to be more useful because you're not going to put him in a position where he's going to get torched uh, by the Clay Thompsons and the exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I, I am I think 100 uh, percent with you on that, Justin. Uh, my my big takeaway from the wing rotation so far is that Abrinas has looked really 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 good. Um, his, like you said, his defense has been better. Uh, he's, he's shooting the ball, um, at least decently, but I mean, the stroke looks good and he's doing things offensively that we haven't seen from him yet. Things like, uh, catch the ball, put it on the ground, drive to the basket and finish. Like we, we didn't see that a whole lot from him in his first two years. We've already seen it multiple times this year. And I'm convinced that if, if his own teammate didn't hit him with, uh, with some friendly fire there that he was probably yeah. on his way to play another 30 minutes tonight. Um, he, you know, I was thinking uh, pregame that, you know, now that Russ is back, Schroeder's going to get some minutes at the two. I was wondering, like, what do we see uh, a, a Russ, Schroeder, Abrinas, Paul George, like Steven Adams lineup, you know, like slide Paul up to the four and play Abrinas at the three. Um, Abrinas, I think... And surround him with shooting. Exactly. Yeah. I, think, I think Abrinas has been a really, really good... Uh, wing player for this team so far and I, I'm with you on the fact that I think maybe it's smart if you're going to switch up that starting lineup to start Abrinas and still bring Diallo off the bench even though Diallo is like the better athlete and probably a better defender um, he he's still going through those those rookie struggles like he fouls a lot um, he's, he's very jumpy whenever like someone gives him a head fake or a, or a jab or something like that um, he leaves his feet a lot, trying to use that athleticism, which is good. But I, I just feel like he's he gets baited a little bit. Um, I felt like, yeah. Lou, and God bless his soul, Lou Williams gets everybody with that. But Lou Williams, uh, Friday night, just got him multiple times. Uh, I did think he did uh, really well on, on Buddy Heal tonight. But it's uh, I, I, I think it would make a lot of sense to not throw him in that starting lineup. The kid plays with so much confidence now that if you throw him in the starting lineup and he's got to go out Thursday and guard like 
Gordon Hayward or Jalen Brown, like that, if he starts off bad, you know, maybe that confidence goes down and he's not the same player, you know? So I, I think continuing to bring Diallo off the bench is, is probably the way to go currently, you know? And again, again, small sample size, it's three games, but, um, if he's got that rhythm, I think you try to not break that rhythm, you know, like, I don't know, but I, I do think Abrinas has looked really good. I, I'm pretty, I I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on him right now. I agree. Yeah. I, hopefully he'll see some, some extended minutes and, uh, Thursday just continue in general. Cause I know that back's been a problem in this off season. It was too. So definitely, um, where does this team find more shooting at? Is it getting Abrinas more minutes? Because Patrick or, or Patterson hasn't shot the, the ball right well. Lineups. I don't know if Jeremy Grant's hit a three yet this season. He was 0-5 tonight. Uh, yep. You know, uh, Schroeder actually did shoot the ball pretty well tonight. He hit multiple catch-and-shoot threes off rust penetration. He was 2-5, of 40%. Uh, you can't ask more from Schroeder than that. Uh, Paul George is struggling a bit to find his outside stroke. Yep. Russ was sure. one of six, although I thought he took uh, – thought Russ's shot selection was good. Is this he just a thing where shots shots well. are going to start falling? Ugh. Or is this like a, a, a legit problem? And, and how do they how do they fix it? It's, oh, it's sorry, a legit but... it's a legit problem. And they fix it by a PG getting out of a funk. Maybe maybe the trade market. Or I don't know, like it's you. You can't fix not being able to shoot when your team doesn't have that many shooters. Like, if you were to list off reliable shooters on this OKC team, who would you list besides Abrinas? PG. Yeah, yeah. Paul George. Who's, who's after that? The idea, person, but we <laughs> failed. We failed to see Patrick. So that, that's yeah. an issue. You have two shooters yeah. on your entire team, and then you you right. allowed yourself as a defensive team that has you know you've been getting torched. You got you got torched by the Kings. You got you just completely fell apart second half against the Clippers. You of course like they played well against Golden State, but I mean they're zero and three. They're heading for a buzzsaw against the Celtics at home on Thursday. And, to maybe be 0 and 4 when you're 0 and 3 for the first time in, in your in your team's history, and meanwhile you have Denver playing lights out defense. They're 3 and 0, and it's it's just really frustrating that this team is lauded as a defensive you know kind of juggernaut. Like wow, look, like even without Andre Robertson, they they can just have a band aid at the two. You have Russ, a band aid at the two, PG, Jeremy Grant, and Nerlens and Stephen Adams, whichever one you will want. And they complete a torch tonight. And, like, I get it that Steven Adams probably isn't the best center to play against a team like the Kings where they went small a lot. So that's why I saw Nerlens on the floor so much. But it's it just, I mean, you need to you need something. Like, you need to get something for... It, it, it's, just, it's just frustrating yeah. that, like, you're going to play teams against... You know, the Kings that we knew coming in, they have a bunch of three-point shooters. The next few games, you know, you're going to play you're gonna play Phoenix a couple times, and you're going to play a few other teams. And, I mean, you know, Phoenix, they have a lot of three-point shooters. 
And there's just a lot of three-point shooters in the Western Conference, so that's that. Yep. It sounds like that's going to give OKC a lot of trouble. OKC can't defend them; they definitely can't match them. So here's a fun fact from, or a fun, not fun. It's actually awful. Uh, but stat from Royce: Thunder are 26 of 109 from three this season, 24 percent. Maybe maybe those. don't shoot the three. Yeah. Here's my thing is tonight they had a lot of open looks. You know, like I felt like the offense was producing like really yeah. good shots. Like they just weren't going in, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't know if that's more encouraging or discouraging, you know, because the, the offensive system so seemed to be a... flowing, but the, the shots just weren't going in the basket. I looked up a stat on that, and it doesn't count tonight, but obviously – what we watched tonight is not going to help this stat at all. But on shots uh, that are considered wide open, meaning the defender, the closest defender is six feet away or more, the Thunder rank dead last. Wow. They only make 40% of those shots. And so you're right. It's encouraging because the offense has struggled at times with ball movement and creating open shots. But it's also discouraging because when you get them, you've, you've got to be able to make them. And 40% is not good enough when nobody within, uh, you know, a, a body length away from you. Uh, in addition to that, they're dead last in three-point percentage. And so both of those things together, uh, you know, the league is is moving to offense. Uh, uh, and, and those two things aren't encouraging when you look at this team. Uh, and being able to keep up in those track meets that they're inevitably going to find themselves in in the Western Conference. Yeah, I agree. So, that's uh, that's that's bad. That's uh, so bad. But John John Ham tweeted out uh, this was before today's game. But the th- that OKC had a total of forty two wide open shots so far this season. They've only hit twelve. That's, that's crazy. That's bad. Uh, but I, I I think it's it's encouraging that they're they're creating those wide open shots and i i think i mean these dudes are nba players i think they will begin to fall you know i maybe i'm being overly optimistic i i think they're gonna fall though um so after three games i'm gonna go around to, to each of you after three games the team is zero and three give me your one big hot take slash knee jerk reaction taylor your first go hamadou diallo for rookie of the year <laughs> ah! I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker hot you lied, motherfucker. That's kind of a hot take. <laughs> so maybe not actually rookie of the year, but if he continues to <laughs> play like if he continues to play like this, he's at least going to be in an all all right, all rookie NBA team. All right, Justin, what is your hot take coming out of the three game loss? I'm gonna say Nerlens Noel was the best offseason acquisition the Thunder made. I think That's everybody's. Solid. Everyone's psyched about the myself included. Everyone is uh, all in on Schroeder, myself included. Uh, but whenever I see Noel out there, you know, the Thunder really haven't had a guy at that position behind Steven Adams that can bring what Noel can It's either been somebody who's undersized and maybe athletic or, um, you know, somebody like Ennis Cantor who – you know, wasn't a, a big rim protector by any means. Uh, you know, he, he struggled on the defensive end, but made up for it rebounding. Um, so when I see Noel out there, I get excited because it's a guy who's somewhat from the same mold of Steven Adams in that he can block shots, he can get rebounds, uh, he can defend the post well. 
but he does have athletic side that maybe Steven doesn't. And so tonight, like you saw, uh, when the Kings went a little bit smaller, they, they're able to put him out there. I think he's just such a good compliment uh, that I think by the end of the season, that's going to look like a steal. I am totally with you. I just looked at the stat sheet. They gave Nerlens two blocks tonight. I could have swore I counted four yeah, like, or five. Yeah, that's so weird. So two is uh, not generous by the stat keeper. Kamiar, what is your hot take coming in or out of the, the three-game losing streak? With OKC about to lose their fourth game in a row, I mean... They already start the they already start the year off on a streak, which is four straight losses, uh, counting this Thursday. You might give a little credence to what Isaiah Thomas said about OKC being outside looking in on the playoffs this year. I think that's, that that's I think that's one's pretty hot. Yeah, I was about to put and it now aside, I'm but sad. I it pulled off. <laughs> um, my hot take is that the Thunder. By the time we celebrate Christmas, um, or if you celebrate like Hanukkah or um, winter time or whatever, um, by Christmas time there will be a winter uh, time. Yeah, you just celebrate <laughs> like the, winter like time. The, the season of winter. Yeah, just <laughs> like it's a celebration, man. Um, the Thunder will have a new starting power forward on this team that is not currently on this team. Ooh. That would Not be my shooting guard. My hot take. I think. Uh, there you go. Neither Ner, or sorry, not Nerlens. Neither Patterson nor Grant will be starting. So I don't know. Just a thought. I like it. Okay. Well, a few more Thunder things before we move on to around the association. First off, let's talk about these new jerseys, which uh, our our buddy Justin here. Kind of got the scoop on, and uh, he wrote an article on our website, theuncontestedsports.com. You should definitely go check, check it out. out. Uh, Justin, I'm just going to let you talk about these new jerseys and kind of what we can expect and when we can see them and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the floor is yours, buddy. Go for it. You bet. So if you haven't seen them, uh, definitely go check out the article on theuncontestedsports.com. Uh, so what it is, the, the city edition uniforms, uh, when Nike took over city edition is going to get replaced every year. So last year, the thunder had, uh, those hideous gray uniforms that I don't know that anybody liked. Uh, if you're listening and you like that, please tweet me. I'd love to validate that somehow. Um, but they'll be replaced every year. This next year's uniform has leaked. Uh, a little bit. There was a tweet a, a month or so ago that kind of showed part of the jersey and part of the shorts. And what it's got going on is a uh, Native American-inspired design. It's teal, which is totally outside the Thunder colors, um, but taps into some of that Native American heritage, as well as um, Nike has the N7 Foundation, which is is a partnership that they do where they help support Native American athletes. And a lot of their merchandise for that is teal and has some of the same kind of Native American-inspired design elements. It's a really bold design. Uh, like I said, it's, it's not even Thunder Colors. Uh, the mark is, is pretty out there. Um, it's very stylized. The craziest thing that I saw in the, the photos that were shared with me was this kind of over-the-shoulder stripe uh, which wasn't seen in the original leak, 
but I think really kind of takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, I think it's going to look wild on the court. I think it's going to look awesome on a guy like Russell Westbrook. Like I think Nike might be willing to take some of these fashion risks as a, having Russell Westbrook on our team. Um, all in all, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting take. I'm, I'm, I'm for Nike taking more risks with the city uniforms because they do get replaced yearly versus something uh, like the traditional set. Uh, as far as when we'll see it, going to debut on November 14th against the Knicks. Uh, they'll wear it five times in total this season, so you won't see it a ton, uh, but all five games will be at home, so there will be chances to see it in person. Um, in addition to uniforms and jerseys, there's going to be a substantial amount of merchandise for the fans. So t-shirts, hats, hoodies, all that kind of stuff, uh, which should hit stores early November. So keep an eye out for that. Get your Christmas ready. Uh, should be, should be some, some interesting stuff to add to, to your wardrobe. That's awesome. That's exciting. And since all that stuff is dropping early November, uh, maybe we'll do a little, uh, little giveaway for, uh, for some of those. That'll be fun. Okay, so since we're talking about jerseys, I wanted to run through this real quick. Um, from my counts, and I could be wrong, um, but we're just going to do these eight anyways. From my count, I have eight Thunder jerseys that they've worn over the years. Uh, I want us to rank these. So we're going to put three in the hate em category, three in the like em category, and then choose only two to go in the love em category. Okay, We have the, the traditional white home that says Thunder. We have the blue Oklahoma City away. Uh, the statement jerseys, what they wore tonight against Sacramento, the, the dark blue with the orange OKC on the front. Uh, last year's city jersey, which was the gray one. This year's city jersey, which is the Native American-inspired one Justin just talked about. Uh, those old sunset jerseys, the uh, the all orange. The white-sleeved jerseys that kind of looked like pajamas that they wore a whole lot that year. And then the the old navy jersey with the with the vertical thunder and white down the side. So eight jerseys. Um, which one? Which three belong in the Hatem category? I know my three Definitely pretty sleeves. easily, but yeah, I think this is the easiest category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what do well, we, we put in there first? I'm I'm saying the white sleeves go in the Hatem category. Absolutely. Agree. Not only was it the white sleeves, but it was the giant logo in the middle of the chest. I just oh, don't ever yeah, think that yeah. really works. Yeah. And so the the two things together, I think you nailed it. Like it looked like pajamas that a five year old would wear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looked like you, something you'd go and buy, like at one of those like t shirts you would buy at a Walmart or something. I don't know. Yeah. What's yeah. Like it almost looked like yeah, a Walmart shirt. Um, what else goes in the hate em category? Navy blue. I was I was not a navy blue vertical thunder alternative fan. I think I'm with um, you. Yeah. I agree. I think it wasn't it <laughs> wasn't a terrible design. It just didn't fit. It felt completely yeah. out of place. Yeah, I agree. Just bland. What's the third one that goes in the hate em category? Gray ones. <laughs> I think uh, all yeah, of Thunder Twitter would agree with for us. Me. I'm with yeah. you on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like I, I literally laughed when I saw those uniforms for the first time. Like I thought somebody had taken a concept jersey off Instagram and yeah. made it yeah. into a real jersey. 
Yeah, they you know, were. They you were know who uh, who put that very first tweet about those jerseys online? That was you. You the know, mom. I'm not gonna go there. Never mind. Don't go there. <laughs> not going there. It might Good get us. Time. It might get us uh, 600 plus listens on SoundCloud again. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the like em category. Kamiar, which which of the remaining ones are you putting in the like em category? Well, I just disagreed with half of what you guys said about the hate em, so <laughs> I'll just go ahead and give my 3-3-2. Three, three, and two. How about that? Uh, there you okay, go. go for it. Under the hate em, I really dislike, like you guys said, the navy blue with the vertical thunder piping. That looks like garbage, so I agree there, but I also hate... The grays, like you guys said, I do not like at all the traditional blue aways. Yeah, that's fair. Like I have in my like them category. It it's just like hey, that on that line. Yeah, look, they're you. Oklahoma City. Oh, look, it says Oklahoma City on the jersey. That's great. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it's kind of the bland. easiest thing they could do to fix that jersey is move the word city to the number. Do it. Uh, North Carolina does in basketball or something like that. When you have it above That's and below the number, point. it looks so much better. Yeah. The way it is now, it looks top heavy and it looks like an accident. I think it's just so bland. I, I, so I'm with you on that for sure. It's them, definitely I, bland. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got the white homes uh, like them. I have the the uh, the white sleeve jerseys that you guys hate because it was completely new. That enjoyable, and then I—I I guess I would say I would like these sunset jerseys that they're bringing back. Those are going to be cool, even though like it sure. might not be the same. What like it won't be the same replica or what it looks like. They won't replicate it, but uh, to be pretty similar. So I like those Very as true. well. Uh, Justin actually did a mock-up here. What was it, like a week or two ago of what a sunset jersey could look like, kind of based off our statement jerseys, which yeah. was sharp. Yeah. That would sure. be like my dream scenario. So that leaves my love of them as the Native American influence one and the statement dark blue ones that they lost in tonight. I am 100% on board with that. Yeah. I, I was going to yep. put the, the traditional home, the traditional away, and the sunsets in a like them category. Um, like you said, the, the home and away ones are uh, they're just kind of bland. They're just kind of there. You know, I've always thought yeah. that the, the Thunder – just their their whole marketing scheme is is very oil company ish. You know, it's very like business yep. and it's not like like dude, you're a professional basketball team, you know, like have fun right. with it. Like the Oklahoma right. City Blue is like the lamest G League it's team. Like logo, name, like everything. Like jerseys all the above. Shit, yeah. do something cool with it, man. Like the blue is it, oh, it's just it's so bad, you know. And it just seems like they try to be very bland. So that's, I think, why I like the statements and the the new Native American city jerseys so much, is because it's it's a step away from what they typically do. It's it's something kind of loud and you know provoking, where these other ones have just been like, yeah. I agree. That's why I'm really excited to see the uh, the earned edition, I guess, which yep. is going to basically be the sunset uh, made by Nike. I think it has a lot of potential to be kind of similar to these cities where they're a little more bold, but also pretty crisp, and I think they'll look good. Yep. Hey, so before we move on from jerseys real quick, Justin, um, 
I had heard a rumor, and I'm interested if you can like confirm or deny this. Yep. That while they were uh, coming up with these Native American inspired ones, uh, they settled on the teal. But apparently, uh, Nike also had Native American inspired, but they were all black. That uh, that huh. the team decided not Ooh. to go with. Had he heard? Have you heard anything about that? I had not heard that. Oh, okay, uh, interesting. But it wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know that that process, they probably they probably looked at you know a dozen different options. Yeah. Um, one thing with the statement uniforms and the new city uniforms that I've been thinking is, you know, the I've talked to some people within the organization, and for the most part, they're not unaware that their branding is lame. Um, you know, there's certain people with <laughs> money uh, that ensure that it was that way when the team came. But I think there's a lot of people, and I think as time goes on, um, you know, they're they're looking to change. I feel like they're just Say their it. overall graphics and things like that have uh, gotten better. Yeah, they're I still agree. not the greatest in the late. Dude, the, they're finally like and so being like somewhat cool on social media. Yeah. Say what yeah. say what everybody is thinking is that old people are ruining OKC's jerseys. <laughs> uh, no, that's not where I was going. <laughs> say it. Uh, old money. But I think that what what I'm hoping, this is more of a hope. This isn't really based on anything concrete. But when I look at this the statement jerseys and how wildly popular they were, um, I saw one quote when they came out that was like it's the first good third jersey they've ever had. And I think that was pretty much the, the general sentiment across the league. And then I look at these Native American city jerseys. Uh, what I'm hoping is happening is they're, they're testing the water a little bit. They're putting some things out there to see what the reactions are going to be. Maybe even the last year's uh, gray city uniform is part of that. They're seeing how people react to these things. Um, and I, I could see a rebrand in the future. Um, whether that's something based on the, the statement jerseys or something similar to it, I could see this team trying to embrace a little bit more of that modern, energetic uh, look that they've achieved with some of their recent uniforms. I could see that being becoming the standard look. They're seeing how many different colors of blue they can get away with. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay, um, last thing before we're done with, with the Thunder stuff here is predictions. Okay, so we, we didn't get predictions coming into the first week of the season. Um, we, we just kind of played that one out. But we're going to keep track, kind of like we did at the end of last season. We're, everyone's going to make predictions week by week. We're going to keep track of them um, and see where we're at. Like maybe we'll go like a month out or something like that, like see where everyone's at in a month. Um, and we're also going to involve Twitter on this. So each week we will run a Twitter poll with the different like possible – uh, record the Thunder can have that week, and uh, we'll, we'll keep track of of Twitter's record as well. And so, but first off, before we we make our predictions, we have to decide uh, what we're gonna bet on this. Um, I, I know we still have some bets that need to be paid. Uh, a certain phone call needs to be made um, from our from our <laughs> stuff over the summer. We'll probably do a midweek pod for that, where we break that back down. But um, what do you guys want to bet on uh, on these predictions? Do I? Does everyone have to pitch in and buy someone else something cool, or is it going to be like a, the the loser has to be like does something stupid? 
Oh man. What do you guys think? I think we should make the person with the with the lowest score um have to do something. There you go. You guys have any ideas? Hmm. I feel like the KD stuff now is kind of overplayed. There's I like agree. A, yeah, we're not gonna make over. anyone wear Kevin Durant. Okay, see me. That, <laughs> that do the yeah. Um, if it's T Ferg. Oh yeah. Wear a wear a T Ferg jersey to a game. <laughs> we don't want anyone to get physically assaulted the entire time for T Ferg. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, yeah. We'll we'll figure out uh, some sort of uh, some sort of bet. Um, I do say that if after a month, if if Twitter beats us, that we do uh, like a special giveaway. I think that'd oh, be yeah. cool. Oh yeah, that's cool. I think that'd Very be cool. Very cool. So that's a good idea. All right. Well, let's uh, let's make our bets for this week. Then the Thunder have two games this week. One of them is Thursday against the Celtics at home. The other, so they have a long break between now and that game. The other is Sunday versus the King, or sorry, not the Kings. That was today. Sunday versus the Suns at home with uh, with Devin Booker and and Aiton and Trevor Ariza. So I'm gonna go around. You guys give me your predictions. I'll jot them down. We will tweet them out after the podcast, and we'll uh, we'll keep track of this. We'll also get Nick's prediction. Um, that old man is asleep, though. Taylor, what's your prediction? I'm going one and one. I think the obvious uh, and probably the most popular this week is going to be a loss to the Celtics and a win at the Suns. And I will just say for fun, uh, this team through the first three games they seem to already be doing what they did last season, where they play up to the competition and play down to the competition um and if that's the case i could see where we play the celtics really well but ultimately i think we're going to drop that one and then come out get our win against the Suns. okay very good call me what's your guess okay he's gonna set a record for losing streak at the beginning of the season and go oh and five they will lose Ooh. against the celtics and the Suns. celtics KC won't be able to get a shot off Suns have too much shooting, just as we saw against the Kings. They're going to crush OKC. That would be so bad. All right, Justin, (laughs) what are you going with? I'm going to say one and one, but I'm going to do the opposite of Taylor. I think, uh, like what we saw last season, just when you think the Thunder have uh, completely fallen apart and you give up hope, they'll come out and beat somebody stupid that that they be and I think we're going to see that on Thursday. I think they'll come out, uh, put things together, probably play a little above where they actually are and beat the Celtics, and then turn right around and revert to all their terrible habits that we saw tonight against the Suns. All right, very good. Fair well, point. Uh, I'm uh, I'm going to go opposite of everyone. I'm going to go two and zero. Ooh, there we go. Need some optimism. I'm, I'm irrationally <laughs> optimistic. Jake's losing this week, so we get to make him do something, <laughs> and uh, and we'll see what happens. All right, you guys ready to go? Oh, wow. You guys ready to go around the association? Let's do it. All right, Let's hear I, this I, new sounder. I uh, yes. I got a new sounder for around the association. Are you guys ready? Excited. I I, I leaked it to Kamiar. So, uh, <laughs> but for you guys, it's brand new. Here it goes. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Ha 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 
might, oh my. might be the greatest thing you've done. I'm so glad you put the whole thing in there. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to leave any of it out. That's the that best great. thing I have literally ever heard in my life. That is awesome. That is so awesome. When I, I, enjoyed when I that die, more than if I have a funeral, will you guys just play that on loop for 30 minutes? That's all I want at my funeral. Uh, uh, Deal. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Taylor, take us around the association. Let's do it. Have it. Just kind of to uh, do a little overview here. I thought Bobby Marks, he tweeted out some really cool uh, facts on the season opener, uh, which would have been, I guess, last Tuesday. So I just wanted to wrap fire through these really quick and then have some stuff for you guys to talk about. But the first of those, uh, Denver, New York, Portland entered the season with the youngest rosters, while Houston, Miami, and Dallas have the oldest. There's 10 teams with open roster spots, which we'll want to keep in mind when it comes to trade deadline and trade deadline. Picking up uh, off um, whatever when when teams get or players get waived, so you have Charlotte, Cleveland, Golden State, Houston, Lakers, Miami, Minnesota, us, and the Raptors and Washington all open spot. Ninety-five percent of the players of yeah of the players have guaranteed contracts. Fifty-three of the sixty-two way spots have been filled, which is interesting. More and more teams are are starting to utilize those uh, two ways. The average team salary is one hundred eight point five million. Last year it was one hundred point eight that's interesting it's continuing to go up eight teams are in electric tax with okc golden state and toronto the top three in salary and sacramento is the only team with with some uh cap space so i thought that was interesting um yeah that's really about it there but um definitely can see the trend in the league and i thought that was cool to see uh teams are starting to utilize all those spots and they're also spending more on players so it'll be interesting to kind of see when this cba gets renegotiated um how much more cap space there is, et cetera, et cetera. But the biggest thing I think that's happened since we last podcasted, we talked about it to begin the pod, Spitgate. Spitgate. Rage on Rondo. Gate. Apparently, oh, spit apparently, gate. spits on CP3, but was it Melo? But was it Rondo? <laughs> we still don't know. CP3 then poked Rondo between the eyes after thinking he got spit on. Rondo landed a punch on Chris, who swung back, and then all hell broke loose. Brandon Ingram comes in off the top ropes. Starts uh, swinging and swinging haymakers and looking. Brandon Ingram pulled a Khabib. He just yeah 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 he 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 jumped the fence. That was a good tweet by you, by the way, Jacob. That was I'll take interviews on that later. That was that was very solid. My new Twitter fame. So the results of that came out today. It's four games for him. Who landed the most punches? I believe. Though who apparently spit (laughs) on Chris Paul. And then two for Chris Paul, who is the <laughs> like one game gold boy punch. at the NBA. Yeah, that's what, that's what it looks like. He got more like. games for landing the most punches. Punches. That, I, I wonder so if good. part of Ingram's was uh, the fact that he like got in the ref's face right before that. Um, I yeah, thought it was yeah, funny that, that, that of all people to calm start. Ingram down, it was Lance Stevenson. <laughs> that, if that's the guy that's, that's calming so people down bad. on your team, you're going to have a long season, yeah. man. And meanwhile, Carmelo's watching his boy get smacked in the face right in front of him and just keeps on like, packing oh, up. Shit. Yeah. 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 Melo, <laughs> Melo wasn't having any of it. And Melo could have been the one that partially spit in face because yeah. he's a mouth breather. And he like licked his lips right after or something ridiculous, too. Melo also, did? Lonzo Ball. Just like, apparently, Carmelo like licked his lips after or something. He's like, probably hungry, like he fat ass. Spit. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting fired up. Uh, and Lonzo. Who's just like kind of watching the background? He's like, "Oh wait, I guess I better jog over." And he like jogs over and keeps his distance. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. That was pretty funny too. There's just so much there. Uh, you gotta love the NBA. We're, you know, 
a weekend and already have something like gay happen. Let it's me ask you, if, if LeBron would have thrown a punch in that scrum, uh, would we be having an NBA funeral today? Would someone have died? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, could you like imagine if like, oh, he, LeBron punched somebody? Somebody. Yeah. That'd be scary. Would he Imagine be the worst like, NBA player to get punched by? Who would be worse? It's up there. I mean, that's, Le- LeBron's got to be up there. Steven. I don't know. Steven would probably be pretty awful to get punched by. Surge. Imagine getting hit by Surge. Yeah. Surge throwing well, haymakers, whatever year that was. Isn't James Johnson a black belt? Form, though. He does a bad Oh, Jake, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm afraid to get <laughs> punched by uh, Boogie would be scary, and so would yeah. Zach Randolph. Yeah. Like, Zach Randolph would be high to punch you. Dude, no, Zach Randolph <laughs> would probably have, like, you know how when people don't have brass knuckles, they, like, put a roll of quarters in their hand so, like, their their <laughs> fist is more firm? Like, yeah. that's some shit Zach Randolph would do. I'd also be afraid of getting cool, punched man. if Matt Barnes was still in the league because you'd, like, instantly get AIDS. Or tetanus, or, <laughs> or something off rabies, or something. I'm gonna shit. say Boban. Oh, I, I would oh not. Get Boban would Boban punch your whole body. His, his, his hand is probably you. larger than my skull. Yeah, yeah. Crush. It's like I just thought of something really inappropriate, but I think this time I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> just squeeze it. Oh. So the other thing, and I guess this has been ongoing. We've talked about it on a lot of our pods, but the latest in the Jimmy Butler. Uh, nothing too big other than he's really, really well. Had 23 points in his first game, 33 in the next, and then he rested against the Mavericks in their, his third game. Um, he got booed at first, but he was also getting some MVP chance throughout the, the first game, first home game. I hate um, you, but you score the basketball really well. And you were right. We can't win without you. So he's making his point. Another big thing that happened tonight, Trey Young, you know, he kind of struggled early on, dropped 35 points tonight and 11 assists. Absolute monster game was the first rookie to have a line like thirty-five plus points and ten plus assists, I believe, since uh, Stephon Curry and LeBron James. So that's kind of a big deal. Um, and then we talked about Melo. Um, you know, he was supposed to go to Houston and become Melo slash Hoodie Melo slash. He's going to be so good because it's Chris Paul and we don't need Trevor Ariza. And oops, he had nine points on three of ten shooting in his first game and seven points on three of ten in his second game, I believe. If I did my homework there right and tonight so. they just dropped one to the clippers and hey, he shot it. three of eight uh Ooh. with nine points and a team low minus 18 <laughs> we told you yeah yeah so take that houston fans he is awful yeah but no apparently good. not one of the big reasons why okc can't play defense because they, yeah, still, they suck. still suck fair point but fair at least i don't have to look keeping at us honest anymore. yeah, yeah. So, what teams have impressed you all through this first week? Obviously, it's early, but is there anybody who's kind of surprised you? Like, oh, they actually might be pretty decent. Denver. Denver. Just yep. got the Utah. Utah. Utah's look solid. Phoenix has actually looked pretty decent, too. I, they're just going to be fun to watch. Um, and not, not just snaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Fair. I, I, I predicted this going in, but so I don't know if it's surprising, but it is impressive. Uh, Toronto's the real deal. They're, they're actually, no, that's that's Tor- solid. Tor- Toronto, the playoffs. Okay. Toronto so actually, is the real deal. I had another deal. question here for you guys. Who do you guys think comes out of the East, Boston or, or Toronto, after the very early one week of, uh, of playing basketball? I'm still going Toronto. 
Sixers. I mean, Toronto's the best. Sixers. And that that's still it, it's such a they're still trying to figure things out there too with coming back healthy, trying to figure out how he can play with Simmons and Embiid. Um, I think he might be better off coming off the bench and starting JJ. Yeah, it's interesting. For sure. There's a lot to be worked out there. I mean, it makes no sense to have two ball handlers that can't shoot, but OKC did too, so there's that. Yeah. Shooter and Russ. And then, finally, who do you guys think the best in the West, second best in the West is going to be behind Golden State if we're assuming if they can get their act together? Second best in the West as far as, like, right now or at the end of the season? Uh, I, I'd say right now, based off of what we've seen, our way too early uh, reactions and predictions, do we think it's still the Rockets, or do you guys think it's Utah? Second best in the West right now is Golden State. Oh. Hey. What? Who do you got? Who do you think is one? Not Golden State. <laughs> if we're looking at it like as of right now, um, the the second hottest team, the the team that would probably scare me the most right now is uh, New Orleans. Yeah. They're playing crazy good basketball right now. I am so happy I drafted Anthony Davis in my <laughs> right. <fantasy. laughs> yeah. He He's had that a, quote where he said, "If I have to go Russell Westbrook this season, like I'll go Russell Westbrook." And there's nothing scarier. Anthony Davis playing like Russell Westbrook. Oh yeah, so true. He's so good, man. He's going for that MVP. And like, I don't think Nikola Mirotic is going to average like thirty-five a game, but that dude is getting buckets right now. Um, Julius Randle is playing great. Alfred Payton is even like a competent point guard. Yeah. yeah. Drew, Hall- Drew Holiday's rocking like the uh, the Ninja Turtle like headband and locking. It people looked like up. he was playing with a. Do rag on. It was weird. Yeah. It was. Has <laughs> anyone ever played with a do rag on? on? I think we've had this conversation before. I don't know. Oh yeah, we did. We uh, we did. Uh, Lance Stevenson would totally play with a do rag on. But it must be nice oh, yeah. to have a competent four, a four that can shoot the ball. And yeah. And Randall. So either one. True. True. Kamiar's yeah. been high on Julius Randall for a really long time. And he's uh, he's he's proven him right. That that guy playing is, well right now. He's yeah. playing well. I'm telling you, Julius Randle. If he was on the Warriors and you replaced him with Draymond Green, they'd be much better. Ooh, that's a hot take. It's not a hot take. Draymond I'll Green. Buy that. He's only a facilitator for that team. Just a good. He he has not looked good so far, for sure. Which Draymond? makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. Hope he gets hit by a bus. Yeah, we, we talked about this on a podcast too. Hope his plane crashes. Full circle. Jacob's running. We're just gonna give us like one star reviews because we hope people die on the podcast. All right, I'll stop saying. He, I hope he dies. I hope he eats an undercooked hamburger and gets the shits. There, you go. that's a good one. I hope he stubs like, his yeah, toe yeah. in the middle of the night and then bends over to grab but it he and still hits his plays head, and then just absolutely. Shits on the court? On the court. Yeah. Oh my god. Taylor's taking this. And you gotta say I'm bad. Taylor's talking about feces on the court. That's well, how that's disease start. put on the court the past three games. Oh, oh. oh. oh man. Oh. oh man. Dude, what would well, happen if like a player was like running down the court and then just like just like, like explosion out their ass, just like shit everywhere? <laughs> Dude, 
Stop. Like they're in like their their home they white and they're just like poop everywhere. <laughs> oh who would be the best person for that to happen to? Like obviously Draymond, but who else would that just be funny as hell to see happen to? Like Chris Paul. Chris Something Paul would like be good. That. I think it'd be funny if it happened to Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I'm gonna bring back Boban again. Oh. Just for the <laughs> Dude, that'd be, that's like <laughs> the so size funny. of cow shit, man. <laughs> I don't know. It would just it would make too much sense if it was Kendrick Perkins if he was still in the league. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> do you got, oh, speaking of Kendrick Perkins, oh, do you remember man. that picture that they showed during the playoffs that one year of high school Perk as like a um a like a priest in the church and like his robes? <laughs> He's like seven foot tall, pissed off black man. <laughs> Oh man, it looks like a damn demon, not a priest. <laughs> That's oh awesome. my gosh, I love Kendrick Perkins. Uh, I do too. He's a good guy. He is a <laughs> he is a good guy, and his wife does not like nail salons. Yeah. All well, right. Anything else for around the association? I think that is all I got. That is all. All right. It was well, a uh, fun fun first week. All right, well, let's do some Twitter questions fun. before Not we get us, out of here. But... <laughs> Kamiar, you want to give us some Twitter questions? I would love to give you guys some Twitter questions. And it looks like the second and third people really coordinated their questions. So I'm really with that. So anyway, but let's go with the first one from at Jared Fergie. <laughs> yeah. I, like that. I like that name because his question's about T. Ferg. Why is T Ferg starting? Like, I know he's one he's the one constant for Coach Donovan at the two, but he cannot hit the broad side of a barn. So why is Terrence Ferguson, who played one professional year in Australia and then another professional year in the NBA, why is he starting? I think you just hit it on the head. They they probably started him because of the experience. Um, and because he played so much last year, obviously that is not going according to plan though. Um, I, uh, I seriously have my doubts that he will not be in the starting lineup on Thursday. Like I could definitely see that still happening. Um, but, uh, I'm with what Justin said earlier. If, if he doesn't start, I'd like to see Alex Abrinas in that spot instead. Yeah. Just anybody, I think for at this point and I, I think Andrew Slick had a really good uh, good tweet during the game because he mentioned, look, like he he personally said he wasn't giving up on Ferguson quite yet, but and he gets that you want to develop your twenty year old basketball player doing it in twenty plus minutes a night just is not it's not beneficial for him it's not beneficial for the team and it's just not working you just you can't do that so I wonder if, I think just anybody starting yeah other we, than him. we talked about confidence with Ferguson I wonder if um, moving him to the bench. And giving him um, basically like let Abrina still play those 30 minutes, give Diallo uh, like those 15 minutes a night, and then give Ferg yep. like those eight or nine minutes that Diallo was getting, and just let Ferg play short stints with the bench unit, um, and and maybe have a little more responsibility or go up against not as good players. If that would uh, would help build his confidence back up and make him a, a little bit better of a role player, I don't know. I think that's a really good point. I agree. You know, I could see before Robertson comes back, I could see them um, experimenting with starting Schroeder alongside Russ 
you know, there was obvious Billy liked that lineup tonight. I think it had yeah. ups and downs, but kind of like what we talked about before, I think if they can develop the chemistry, um, the playmaking ability would make that lineup scary. So I could see them doing similar to what Houston does with Harden and Paul uh, starting them, but then staggering them later. Yeah. Uh, just because when you look at who's behind T Ferg, you know, it's not a bunch of great options. There's nobody that you're just like clamoring to start, even though they all sure. have their positives. Um, I think there's, there's reasons that, that kind of make you hesitate. Definitely. And, you know, I, I think that could be a good idea. My my worry with that lineup would be defensively. And, you know, just I think it's a Sam Presti thing that they always yep. play like a, a two that is a, a bit of an oversized two that's defensive-minded. It's kind of the yep, way yep. they've always gone. Robertson, Cephalosha, um, you know, they never sure. even, like, started Harden. So yep. that's, uh, it's interesting to see how, how that might shake out. All right, well, we'll go on to the second question, which is from at Born Bruin. He says, why the hell doesn't TLC play? And then, why the hell is Burton only on a two-way contract? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I mean, we talked about it. It was, it was super weird when yeah. Burton saw time before TLC. I think that tells you oh, kind of what, they, TLC... what they feel about TLC. Yeah, I think he's going to get minutes. I don't know if it'll be Thursday. I think it'll be within the next week, especially yeah. if what we've seen uh, continues. Um, we were talking about this right before the, the podcast started. Uh, TLC posted Instagram story uh, about 30 minutes after the game was over from inside the practice gym. So he went straight there to put up some shots. I think that's encouraging to see. You know, you know, yeah. he's responding. He's, he wants to Even though he's not getting minutes, he's putting in work. And I think that's something that the organization values. And I think it, it's not going to go unnoticed. Uh, whether it translates to a real role or not, I'm not sure. But I think it'll he'll at least get a shot. That is cool to see. I mean, obviously, he cares a lot about it. So uh, I'm with you on so that. Yeah. Uh, why is Burton on a two-way? Uh, the Thunder like to have that roster flexibility with that, that open last spot. And, you know, Burton, like, they don't calculate travel days on that two-way contract as part of the 45 days anymore. Um, so if, you know, on days they fly out, like, that doesn't count as one of his 45. So I think realistically Burton can get, like, all the way to the beginning of December on that 45-day two-way contract um, and still be getting cool. time with the Thunder. So. Yeah, I, I would assume their plan is to uh, to leave him on that two way for now and and see how see how things shake out. He can definitely get bumped up. It's definitely a possibility. You know, what if he finishes out that two way, goes and plays a little bit of G League ball, and then the Thunder make a two for one trade, and now yeah. they they bring in a new player and they can bring in um, Burton and still be at fourteen or or whatever. You know, so I uh, I don't get me wrong, I like. Deontay Burton a lot, but you know, if they thought that he was going to to be this great player, I think they probably just would have signed him to a contract and not just a two way. Like Diallo. Exactly. Yeah. You know. There's there's a reason why Deontay played not in the NBA, not in the European League, but the Korean League. There's a reason Minnesota 
the year before, cut them off their training camp roster, right? Like he can be good, but he's just he's a project. Right. Do you think Terrence Ferguson would have lasted in the Korean leagues? <laughs> probably like Oh, he he'd be dropping there, like never mind. 20 over there. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the last question and I personally like their Twitter handle. I don't know what their I don't know what they're going for, but you know, Gooch yep. OKC. Um, it's interesting. Isn't we're not going to specify what the Gooch is. Maybe it's like a play on Gucci OKC, but there's that's no kinda, I. So that's kind of what I was thinking, that. but yeah, like, when are they saying like out. OKC is like the Gooch of America? It might be because <laughs> Gooch OKC. Rude. Well, Gooch OKC says something similar to the what the previous two people have said is. Why in the hell is Ferguson in the starting lineup? I think we covered that. But they also want to know, why the hell is Billy Donovan still a coach in Oklahoma City? He is not Gucci in OKC, apparently. <laughs> All the hot takes. Burn it to the ground. Fire Billy. Get rid of Sam Presti. <laughs> trade Russell Westbrook. Move the franchise up, back right? to Seattle. Yeah, there you go. Even better. <laughs> but Billy, he's experimenting. Um... I do like a lot of things of Billy, but there's also a lot of things like just refusing to go away from Ferguson tonight up until towards the end of the game. Some things like that that are definitely frustrating with him. Also, the defensive inconsistencies, like, yes, that falls on the players, but at the same time, as a head coach, that does fall on you as well. And if I, you know, towards the end of the season, towards playoff, if, if Billy's still struggling to find a way to motivate these guys, um, I mean, yes, it sucks. Or whatever whatever reason we at that point may have you know players that aren't motives motivated but that also falls on him so at some point you do have to look for a guy who's going to be able to motivate them maybe billy isn't able to do that but it's i think it's still too early to uh start throwing out fire billy d but you know it's it's nba nba twitter isn't this his last year in his contract too for billy donovan that's a good point so uh you know who knows what'll happen but i i will tell you this I unless something very very drastic happens, I do not think they get rid of Billy Donovan like midseason. Like they might not bring him back, and they'll uh, they'll go out and find yep. somebody else instead. That that's a possibility. But I know Sam Presti believes a lot in Billy Donovan. Like from what I understand, there was never a coaching search after Scott Brooks. You know, it wasn't like interview six or seven people and. And and make a decision like it, it was when they fired Scott Brooks. It was like they knew they were going to bring in Billy Donovan. So um, when when you have the front office support like that, I don't think he's he's going anywhere. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like you said, especially midseason. If the Oklahoma Sooners can do it, so can Oklahoma City. There you go. <laughs> Mike Stoops. And yeah, so like one's defense was terrible. They got rid of that guy. The other defense is terrible. You know? Yeah. Might get rid of that guy. And realistically, Billy Dunn still a coach in OKC because him and Sam Presti, uh, they have a love child together. Yeah. Um, they're actually living alternative lifestyles, which are just fine at the uncontested. We we appreciate all the lifestyles. And, Unless you um, like the Warriors. <laughs> but anyway, Billy, I mean, he frequently tinkers with lineups. Of course, all those, for some reason, include Terrence Ferguson. 
uh, which it's only three games, but it feels like freaking forever. <laughs> and they, uh, it's, uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what it looks like in, in another week. Yep. And if Abrinius is good to go, and he does, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Abrinius start too, especially with him actually being able to catch and shoot threes and actually commanding the defense actually step out to him, which gives Russ or Schroeder or what have you, um, you know, more space to operate. Russ gets fouled all the time, doesn't get called. Uh, I like what Justin said earlier about maybe if Billy does tinker around a lot, I wouldn't mind, like he said, about the Houston thing. I was thinking about that earlier, having Russ and Schroeder both start, although that oh, all both Harden and C3 are much better shooters than Russ and Schroeder. Uh, I think you're, the playmakers are still there to whip around the ball, and then, of course, you just stagger them with Paul George and the other guys and Nerlens and Steven Adams. But that doesn't, say, that doesn't suggest why Billy Donovan is still a coach. I think Billy Donovan is still a coach in OKC because, again, Sam really likes him, and Billy has a tendency to never be too predictable other than his true. defense being bad. <laughs> Very true. Good point. Yep. All right, any parting thoughts before we get out of here, guys? Hopefully next week, this time next week, we're potting again, and uh, it's much more optimistic, and the Thunder have a, have a win under their belts. Yeah. That's where we've yeah. gotten now. Yeah. Hopefully they've won a game two and a half weeks <laughs> into the season. Just just one. That's all we ask. Can, can I just get some sort of hope in the world? All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys for, for checking out the podcast. Um, go subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts at, whether that's iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever. Um, you can also find the podcast at theuncontestedsports.com. We will be back again with you guys next Sunday evening after the Phoenix Suns game. Um, we'll break down the, the season up to that point. Uh, when you do subscribe to us, if you want to drop a, a five-star rating, that would be greatly appreciated. The, the more five-star ratings we get, the higher we shoot up on, on the lists on iTunes, which just allow more people to see the pod, more plays equals more opportunities for us to do cool stuff like giveaways. Uh, make sure you check out the website, not only for podcasts, but also for our articles. Justin has his awesome article over the new Native American-themed jerseys. You guys should definitely go check out. You can also see the mock-ups there. Uh, Kamiar's dropped an article over Hamadou Diallo. I have one recently over 10 predictions for the season. So go check that out. We'll have more stuff dropping as the days go by. With that said, uh, we will talk to you guys in a week. Um, Stay positive and thunder up. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.